On Sunday mornings, we're spending three weeks in the closing verses of Matthew's Gospel and uh, chapter 11, doing a mini-series of sermons we've called The Great Invitation. A fortnight ago, uh, we were looking together at Matthew 11, verse 28, where Jesus invites us to come and rest. We saw how you are invited. It's Jesus who invites you, and what an invitation he gives. Last week, we were looking at Matthew 11, verse 29, where Jesus describes himself as gentle and lowly. And we thought about what you need to know about Jesus heart, that he is gentle and lowly in heart, what you need to know about your heart, that our hearts are anything uh, uh, but like a Jesus heart uh, by nature. And we thought about what you need to know about heart change, about how becoming a Christian is not just about being changed on the outside, but first and foremost it's about being changed on the inside, and a change of heart then leads uh, to a change of life. This morning we're looking together with the Lord's help at Matthew 11 and uh, verse 30. Let's read these verses again, Matthew 11, 28, 29 and 30, words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Focusing this morning on that last verse of the chapter, verse 30, Jesus says, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus talks in this verse about his yoke. He says, my yoke, following on from uh, what he has said in verse 29, uh, where he says, take my yoke upon you. What is Jesus talking about here when he talks about a a yoke? Well, it's not a yoke, Y-O-L-K, that you have with your egg uh, for breakfast. It's a yoke, Y-O-K-E. A wooden beam uh, fastened over the necks of animals uh, to enable them to pull a load. Perhaps you can picture it in your mind's eye. Sometimes an individual animal and the yoke is put across the animal's neck uh, to connect it to the load that it is to to carry, uh, that it is to move. Uh, Sometimes uh, multiple animals, uh, one yoke put across the necks of two or more animals uh, to connect them together and together to connect them uh, to the load that they are to carry, uh, that uh, they are to move. And as a yoked animal is in the farmer's hands, so Jesus is inviting us to place ourselves in his hands. And he says in our text this morning, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We'll call the message from God's word this morning, easy and light easy and light and we want to uh, see from this text that no yoke is better than christ's 
yoke. Three things. Number one, we are all yoked to somebody. We are. We are all yoked to somebody. When Jesus says, my yoke, he's contrasting his yoke with that of somebody else. Because all human beings are yoked to one or other of two people. We are either yoked to Satan, to the devil, or we are yoked to Jesus, to the Savior. When we're born, we're yoked to Satan. We may not think so, but we are, whether we think so or not. It's not something we choose. Rather, it's something we inherit. Our sinful nature binds us to Satan. Our minds are bound. We may think that we're free to think what we like, but our minds are bound. Our hearts are bound. We may think that we're free to feel what we wish, but our hearts are bound. And our wills are bound. We may think that we are free to do what we will. But our wills are bound. And such is the nature of our bondage to Satan. That we don't even realize that we are bound to him. When we're born, we're yoked to Satan. But when we're born again, something wonderful happens. When the Holy Spirit works in our hearts and our lives, and when we come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, what happens is that Jesus breaks Satan's yoke. He sets us free from Satan's yoke. And he gives to us his own yoke. Instead, by contrast, Jesus' yoke is not something we inherit. Rather, it is something we we choose. Set free from Satan's yoke, we are given the desire and the ability willingly and gladly to choose to take Christ's yoke upon us. Our minds are set free to understand Christ, who he is and what he's done and all that can be ours in him. Our hearts are set free to love Christ. Or once we hated him or at least we ignored him. But now we love him for all that he is and all that he has done. And our wills are set free to choose Christ. That he should be our saviour. That he should be our Lord. That he should be our king. And that we should willingly and gladly submit ourselves to the one who lived and died and lives again. That we might have everlasting life. So when we're born we're yoked to Satan. But when we're born again. Something wonderful happens. Set free from Satan's yoke. We are free to choose the yoke of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
So you see the question this morning, my friends, is not are you yoked to somebody, but to which somebody are you yoked? It's either Satan or it's Jesus. We are all yoked to somebody. Number two, Satan's yoke is difficult and heavy. It is. Satan's yoke is difficult and heavy. Jesus is using the language of contrast here. By implication, he's contrasting his yoke, which he invites us to take, to Satan's yoke, which is ours by nature. And as surely as uh, Jesus' yoke is easy and light, so Satan's yoke is anything but. It is difficult and uh, it is heavy. Think about ourselves as we are by nature, left to ourselves under Satan's yoke. It's not how it was meant to be. We weren't created to be yoked to Satan. We were created to be yoked to God and to his glory. But Adam chose Satan instead of God. That was a bad choice. And it has had bad consequences for him and for all his descendants including me and including you and deep down however suppressed each and every one of us has some sense that life is not as it was meant to be and that we are not as we ought to be It's not how it was meant to be. More than that, it offers hope, but consistently fails to deliver. Satan's yoke. It offers hope, but consistently fails to deliver. It offers hope in all sorts of things. Perhaps money. And you think, money, money. There's hope in money, but it fails to deliver however much or little you may ever have. Perhaps power. There's hope, says Satan, in power. Get yourself some power. But it fails to deliver. Sex, Satan says. That's what you need. Get yourself as much of that as you can. Then you'll be happy. Then you'll be fulfilled. But all these things don't ultimately satisfy yes there is much in this life that is enjoyable but it's all tainted all of it's tainted and none of these things though they be good gifts from God in their own way none of these things were meant to provide us with ultimate satisfaction It's not how it was meant to be. It offers hope but consistently fails to deliver. It leaves you feeling more and more guilty. You see, have you realized this? That the longer you live, the more guilty rather than the less guilty you feel. Or you can try to ignore 
this haunting sense of guilt. You can try to suppress it. You can try to distract yourself with with all manner of, of people or things. But it's never far away. And sometimes, if you're honest, it almost overwhelms you. The haunting guilt of some of the things you've done or some of the things you've failed to do leaves you feeling more and more guilty. And it would lead you to a lost eternity. You see, being yoked to Satan doesn't just affect this life, the here and now, but it affects the life to come. We're here for a few short decades, but after this, eternity. And being yoked to Satan would keep you out of heaven. And being yoked to Satan would carry you off to hell. Being yoked to Satan would keep you out of heaven. Because you can't get into heaven with your sin. And being yoked to Satan would carry you off to hell. Because God must punish sin. God must punish my sin. And God must punish your sin too. So be in no doubt about it my friend this morning. Satan's yoke is difficult and heavy. Are you with me so far? We're all yoked to somebody, either Satan or Jesus. Satan's yoke is difficult and heavy, but there's good news. Number three, Jesus' yoke is easy and light. He says it, doesn't he, in black and white. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus again here using the language of contrast. If Satan's yoke couldn't be worse, no yoke worse than Satan's yoke, then Jesus' yoke couldn't be better. No yoke better than Jesus' yoke. By contrast to Satan's yoke, which is so difficult and heavy, how is it that Jesus' yoke is so easy and light. Let me give you four reasons. Number one, he's borne the burden so that you don't have to. Isn't that wonderful? We sometimes sing in one of our hymns, he took my sins and my sorrows, he made them his very own. He bore the burden to Calvary and suffered and died alone. So he did. That's what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for all who trust in him. He's borne the burden so that you don't have to. Having lived that perfect life you could never live, he has died upon the side of Calvary's hill in your place and uh, for your sin, taking your punishment so that as surely as he lives, so you too may live forever through faith. In him. He's borne the burden so that you don't have to. Second reason why Jesus' yoke is easy and light you don't have to live trying to earn God's favor. You don't have to live trying 
to earn God's favour. This, you see, is the difference between Christianity and mere religion. Mere religion, whatever form it may take, including some forms of pseudo-Christianity, mere religion is all about what I do for God. What I must do for God in order to try to earn his favor. But the problem with that is that you've always got to do more and you can never do enough. Whereas by contrast with mere religion, if mere religion is all about what I do for God, Christianity is all about what God's done for me. In the person through the work of his son Jesus Christ. Not what I'm trying to do for him in the hope of his favor, but what he has done for me out of his sovereign and gracious Love for sinners. Jesus' life. Jesus' death. Jesus' resurrection. All that Jesus is. All that Jesus has done. We trust in him. He is our rest. You don't have to live trying to earn God's favor. Not when you take Christ's yoke upon you. So... Reasons why Jesus' yoke is easy and light. Number one, he's borne the burden so that you don't have to. Number two, you don't have to live trying to earn God's favor. Here's a third one. Rather, you can live as one who's received God's favor. It's not that how you live doesn't matter when you become a Christian. But you see the difference. You see the contrast. You're not trying to live yourself into God's favor but rather by God's grace and to his glory you are living out of his favor. You're living in the energy of a grateful and a thankful heart that could not be more thankful, that could not be more grateful for for all that God has done for you in the Lord Jesus Christ. You are living not afraid that God hates you, but rejoicing that God loves you. Not afraid that he hates you and that somehow you've got to twist his arm far enough up his back that he'll love you. But rejoicing that he does love you and that he has demonstrated that in giving his son not only to Bethlehem but also to Calvary to suffer, to bleed and to die. That's how much he loves you. And so you don't live into God's favor, but you live out of God's favor. Out of all that he has done for you in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's borne the burden so that you don't have to. You don't have to live trying to earn God's favor. Rather, you can live as one who's received God's favor. And a fourth reason, I'm not saying there aren't more than four, but just for this morning, a fourth reason why Jesus' yoke is easy and light. There's a rest in Christ impossible to find anywhere else. That is, there's a rest in the Lord Jesus Christ impossible to find anywhere else. Now, don't misunderstand me. Hear me correctly. 
I am not saying, because God's word doesn't say that the Christian life is a trouble-free life. Sam has led us this morning in a consideration of the persecuted church and of Christians in places like North Korea and Nigeria and, and Afghanistan where it's, it's anything but, but easy to be a Christian. And any Christian will tell you, even if they've never set foot in North Korea, Nigeria or Afghanistan, without minimizing for a moment what our brothers and sisters in those places are facing. It's not straightforward anywhere to be a Christian. As Christians, we are not exempt from the normal troubles and trials and tribulations of life that all human beings experience. And in many ways, there are certain troubles and trials and tribulations which are unique to Christian people, which only God's people experience. So we are not saying that the Christian life is trouble-free. But we are saying this because God's word says it. That when you become a Christian, you can know a calm even in the midst of the storm. And you can know a rest in the Lord Jesus Christ even when life is blowing a gale all around you. Not least because you know that you are here for a season, but only for a season, and then it's heaven for all eternity. And the one who has begun a good work in you has promised to bring it to completion. And he is not going to leave you halfway home to heaven. But the one who has invited you to come and rest, the one who has assured you that he is gentle and lowly, the one who has invited you to take his yoke upon you when you do so. Or be sure he has yoked himself to you as much more as you have yoked yourself to him. And he will walk with you. And he will be with you uphill and down dale. And he will be with you all the way home to glory. And you can know something of the rest, something of the peace, something of the joy of that, even in the biggest storms of life. So you see, he's borne the burden so that you don't have to. You don't have to live trying to earn God's favor. Rather, you can live as one who's received God's favor. And you can know and experience. That's the thing, you see, not just knowing up here, but experiencing in here. You can know and experience that there's a rest in Christ impossible to find anywhere else. This is what Jesus is saying to you this morning. Forget the preacher but hear the Savior. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So there's a question for you, my friend, this morning, isn't there? And it's this. Will you take his yoke upon you?
This one who is the son of God. This one who is the saviour of the world. This one who has lived the life you could never live. Die the death you deserve to die. And risen triumphant and victorious from the dead. This one who though seated at the right hand of his father on high. Is still speaking by his word and by his spirit. To ordinary people like you and me this morning. Will you hear his voice? Will you hearken to his invitation? Will you take his yoke upon you? He doesn't force. He won't force you. He won't force you against your will. He won't make you do something you are unwilling to do. He will not put his yoke upon you whether you want it or not. He doesn't force, but he invites. He says, come and rest. He says, I'm gentle and lowly in heart. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. He says to you, my friend, this morning, as if you were the only one in this hall, he looks you in the eye, he speaks from his heart to yours, and he invites you, take my yoke upon you. You will. Won't you?